This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation at Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 183, Kickbacks. Get it, guys? Get it? Kickbacks. Kickbacks. Yeah? Yes. We'll get to that later, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's kind of flying over my head at the moment, but I'm pretty sure I'll figure out at some point. I got it. At least somebody did. All right, so, yeah, uh, that whole thing flying over my head aside, because that threw me off. Um, <laughs> Red Bulls went down to Orlando last week, came away with a 1-1 draw off off of a Friday night matchup. So let's get right into this one with our uh, likes and dislikes. Pat, as always, you can get us off first. What did you dislike about this game? Um, you know, I, I won't steal your thunder, because I know what yours is going to be, and I'll add on when you t- you go from there. Uh, but I, I think my dislike would be that in the start of the second half, they kind of took the foot off the pedal, played a bit more conservatively. Um, you know, I think they really were dominating the match as a whole, and they probably could have come away with all three points if they had never taken their foot off the gas. Um, so, you know, that, I think that would be my big dislike is that, you know, three points on the road. Well, I'm not complaining about a point on the road, which is, you know, generally what you want. Um, they could have had three, I think, and, um, that was a bit disappointing to see them kind of uh, hang back a bit there in the early in the second half there, and uh, enabling Orlando to get back in the game. Yeah, there was a couple uh, listeners that uh, got a little upset when Chris Duvall came in, mm-hmm. and they, you know, people online and stuff were a little upset. But my point, you know, I just said, well, they're trying to escape with a point. I think that's the only way they can, you know, that was the Jesse's thinking process at that point. Is like, let's get get one. Get the hell out of here, you know, prepare for another tough road game. Uh, my big dislike, and maybe it's going to be what Jay's going to talk about. So maybe I'll just sum it up in three words. Unimas. Unimas. Another terribly broadcast game by just a terrible, terrible channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, is that what you were going to talk about? Should I just let you expand on it? Um, I was, but I'm gonna. I'll, I I now have another point to make, but um, oh. but, we could, but we could talk about this for a moment. Brutal yet again, split screens, oh. just awful broadcast. Again, I can't I can't actually watch it uh, at the channel. You know where I work, it's just not on. You have to stream it. It's ter- It's terrible. It's really, it's unbearable, and it, and it's an insult to MLS fans, and it should be an insult to MLS. Yeah, that they let this happen. And then we have to deal with it again tomorrow night. Yep. Even worse. Yeah, and I, it's funny. I've seen some points online. People say, well, you know, now League MX fans are going to get to watch. They're tuning in for their League MX game. They're going to get to watch the, the MLS. I'm like, no. Come on, give me a break. The split, the split screen automatically tells all audience that, yeah, I don't care if MLS is getting a bigger screen. It just goes to show you they're not that important. And, you know, it, it, it's – 
and, you know, take that for what it, you know, there may be some valid arguments that MLS is not that important, but the fact of the matter is they want to be a legitimate league. They can't be having split screen. They cannot have one of their partners share uh, the screen with another team. And uh, another point just uh, brought up because it's been going on for a year and a half. Uh, I was actually listening to scene right earlier. Mark Fishkin brought this up, but uh, the English announcers to go, go. It sounds so fake. Haven't we be taught? Haven't didn't we as a podcast? We've been bringing that up already. Yeah, uh, well, it's time to bring it up again because it's I, just so pathetic. I wish at this exact moment that Jay had a clip from a certain game last year that proves how terrible they were. Now I don't know if Jay actually has that clip ready because we didn't even we didn't even, we didn't really talk about it. No, uh, but I bet now. you I know exactly which clip you're talking about. Right? Yeah. I bet you do. Oh yeah. Is it gonna happen? Is uh, Jay are you gonna edit this in? No. Well, I could I could probably find it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out only here, and I I'm probably gonna get the line wrong a little bit, but I, I believe what you're talking about is it was something like the white glove on the white bullet. Yep. Or something like that. Is it sad that I know? Ex- Exactly which one you're talking about? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think for for uh, this week and next week we need to have that soundbite just just ready, like in case. I, it, it probably just needs to be in our arsenal for any game on Unimas this point, right? I mean, <laughs> or 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 where Ramsey Sandoval says uh, McCarthy. Oh boy! Mm. Or so, they butcher nonstop. Little self promotion here. Wrote a piece about uh, about all this crap. And I made a few suggestions for the next TV contract. One, uh, Unimas uses, loses its um, national blackout if they ever pull this shit again, which I know will never happen. Um, two, they have to pay a fee for every like ten games to do this because it's just getting ridiculous. And three, and this is ju- this one I threw out there for just fun, but I'm thinking it might actually be a really good thing for both the league and Unimas. Is that every time Sandoval screws up a name, he has to sit down one on one. Like interview style, and do at least a two minute video where all he does is repeat the name until he gets it right. I have a better idea. How about he has to sit down with you and you actually have to pronounce the name right to him? Ah, there you go. <laughs> oh, oh. Hmm? Oh, man. That would be a great video. Like, right? I, I would honestly do that because I bet you I would still get more right than him. I think you would. I think we'd. Like, it'll be like a name off if you like yeah, pronounce exactly. the name off. <laughs> All right, so since you brought up the Unimas thing, mm. I'm going to go to my other my fallback, which I think everyone knows where I'm going with this. Ted Uncle is a terrible referee. <laughs> Listen, by no means do I think that the Red Bulls were helped in this game. I don't think Orlando was helped. Ted Uncle just sucks in this. I don't know what happened. Like, I can't remember the foul that happened. It was like the, within the first 15 minutes where some something happened to one of the Red Bulls players. Something I called, and then like a few minutes later, almost the exact same thing happens. And we get and I think it was like Felipe gets a yellow card. And at that point, I'm just like, well, Todd Uncle's lost his game already, because as soon as that happens, like everybody just started going full bore in their tackles and everything. And it's just like, what what do you expect? No consistency right off the bat. You think this game's going to be under control? No. So that game was ugly. One, in part due to the Red Bulls playing for a draw at the end, but two, Ted Uncle and not knowing how to actually manage a game as a referee. Wasn't that the uh, 
the New England game earlier in this season where it just you could sense that it was just going to get out of hand, and it did. This game was probably more out of hand than the New England game. And honestly, I, I think we could have seen at least like two red guards aside if this, it, it, depending on how a, a normal referees would have called the game, I think you could have seen two red cards aside just from, not necessarily dangerous tackles, but it's like from the number of fouls that you saw. I'm actually surprised Uncle even took out the red card at all in this game, but yeah, as well as at this point, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, we do have two emails, but before that, we gotta do our likes uh, as usual. So Truman, you're up first. What did you like about this one? Well, uh, the worst player in the world had another assist. Sasha Kleischen is just playing like a, a superstar that he is. <laughs> you know, I, I, we're just, I'm just gonna keep writing this until he actually has a bad game because it really hasn't happened yet. And that, like, an entire, if I could put a season together, he's just been playing great. So, really kind of the star here, uh, setting BWP up for the Red Bulls' only goal. That mustache is just, it's killing it all over the field, and it's good to see. Um, hmm. I, uh, my, like, I guess, you know, that the the good times more or less will keep rolling. I mean, the team is looking good. Uh, they're getting on the board. Their defense is, has been better. Uh, part of that aided by the addition of Aurelian Collin. Um, gonna, it, it's, I think that, like, so, this team is no longer painful to watch like it was for so many weeks this season. Uh, so I'm just gonna have to say, that was my big like. I mean, I was gonna go question two, but I was, my thunder was stolen, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we play Orlando every game? Cause it seems like that's when Bradley Phillips just scores this year. <laughs> right. Um, hopefully he can keep it going against, uh, DC United, but, it was nice to see him score, and that I think I think it's an unusual goal for him uh, in that he ran onto the ball in the way. Usually, I think it's um, actually maybe I don't remember. I, I, I for some reason I feel like that's an unusual goal for him. But that was such a great job by him, one time shot, not really looking at the keeper as he's taking the shot, but getting it just right. And that whole sequence, honestly, was just like amazing. Uh, question with the pass, and I forget who, I want to say it was Zizzo sprung question with with a tremendous pass to relieve the pressure immediately and just, that whole sequence was just was and I, I'm, I'm, Truman's going to laugh at me for sounding like Michael Cole, but that was vintage 2015 <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was just what we come to expect last year and that's hopefully we'll see more of it again, you know, in the rest of 2016 uh, all right, so we do have some questions. The first one is a uh, little bit of a long email. That's all right. From Jeremiah from Brooklyn. And uh, Truman, he specifically addresses his first part to you. Call me out again. All right, he says, all right, Truman, I want to hear your – so this is a two-part email, by the way. So the first part's for you. Who is okay. the email from? Jeremiah from Brooklyn. I said that like 30 seconds ago. I didn't hear it. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so he says, all right, Truman, I want to hear your, and in parentheses, because it's important here, totally unbiased assessment of Aurelian Collins' play on his debut for the team, given how his how against his acquisition you were in the first place. And before you start, he's going to go grab some popcorn. Okay. Let me just say that uh, I wasn't quite against the move because it was a, it was like getting a player for free. I still hate the guy. And one game's not going to change my mind. He needs to be a card-free gentleman for the rest of the season 
for me to change my mind about this guy. I still think he's a thug. Oh, oh boy, you know, he played one game pretty good, but the whole team played pretty good last week. So, I mean, if he keeps it up, I think we'll have the uh, French Connection 2 when Paranel comes back, and it's going to be those two in the middle, and maybe they'll become best French buddies and they'll play great together. But uh, one game's not going to change my mind. Maybe three games. Maybe. Because remember how we were all pumped up about Gideon Bond, his his first game? What happened the next game? Looked terrible. So, I know Colin's been in the league. I know it's a little different. Colin's been in the league, and he's, you know, been in MLS for a while. But uh, one game's not going to change the line on the guy. All right. So, the second part of his email. Uh, this question is for all of you, but is mostly directed at Mr. McDonald. Uh-oh. So he, look at it. You get Mr. Truman gets nothing. This is yeah. Like, Damn right. Some level of respect here. Yeah, I love uh, it. Question has been on fire lately, but is still being snubbed for the United States national team. Dax has been getting serious shouts to be selected for a year or more now. Robles has gotten his token call last January, but his play the last two seasons probably should have seen him called in at least a couple more times. Aside from Miazga, it seems that Klinsman has a thing against calling in players from the Red Bulls. But is that it? Or is it, but is it that? I don't know why. Anyway. Is there something about the Red Bulls statistically or organizationally, aside from being an MLS team, that's keeping our players off the national team radar? Or is it just Klinsman being Klinsman and his MLS thing? Just curious. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the show each week. Um, You know, it's... One, obviously, Klinsman is very, very hard to read in terms of, you know, what he... Who he values, you know, who he rates, stuff like that. Um, I certainly do believe Question right now is the best central attacking midfielder in the U.S. player pool, and absolutely should be in this camp, especially of a mixed disc group who's you know not doing much on an average team. I mean, um, you know, Question has been the only player on the Red Bulls who really has been solid all season. Um, you know, uh, Robles, it, you know. It's kind of like, uh, you know, he, yeah, he got his token call. I have a feeling Robles may be more, may play a bigger role for the U.S. national team when Romando decides to retire. Like, he might be that third guy again. Um, you know, and then uh, as for Dax, uh, he certainly started slow this season. So, right now, I would not say he should be the number six, um, you know, uh and Kyle Berkman, you know, the guy's an ageless wonder. So he's going to be certainly hard to, you know, uh, move out of that role. I mean, I, I think Dak certainly should have gotten more of a look by now, but, um, you know, it's, it's not something that I see happening. Um, now, is it Klinsman against the Red Bulls? I, I don't think so. I don't think it has anything to do against the team. It might be, I definitely think it's more against the MLS thing. Um, and it's going back to the question again. You know, the one pe- the people who don't rate him well, who are, you know, <laughs> still on the Klinsman bandwagon. In fairness, when Klinsman did call Klushin in, uh, Klushin wasn't great. Um, he was put in the role that he now plays, the attacking midfielder, and far too often passed back to the pass forward. Uh, although at that time he was playing as a defensive midfielder for Andelect. Uh, so, you know, it, it's certainly, wouldn't make sense now that he's playing the role more regularly. He might be a little bit better. So, um, again, Klinsman's a mystery. 
it's really hard to read the guy. Um, I'm sure, you know, for as much as his 40 man roster was for the most part fine. Uh, I'm sure when he makes his final cut downs for the Copa, it's going to be ridiculous. Something's going to be ridiculous. So you never know, but I, I would certainly say Kleshin and Dax, I wouldn't hold my breath in seeing them in the U.S. national team, especially as long as Klinsman is the, is the coach. So here are my little thoughts on it. Um, start with Robles. Uh, I think he's a really good keeper. He should be getting some looks for the national team. However, I think uh, one thing that he does suffer from, and this is not slight against him because it's not something he can actually control, but at five foot eleven, it you know on the international stage, being a goalkeeper, height does have its advantages. Well, Romando's five nine, technically five ten. According to, uh, still. According, according to Wikipedia. And, and, and that's for the same reason I don't think Ramondo's going to see a real starting gig. Um, why I think we're going to see, like, a Sean Johnson or Bill Hamid probably end up taking that role once that generation. It's not that I agree with it, but right. I think that's what we might see once that generation comes around. Or, sorry, once, once like, the current generation has kind of phased out, like, once Tim Howard and Brad Guzan have reached the end of their life with the international team, I think that's what you'll see is the younger, taller keepers who don't aren't necessarily as good, but I think you'll see it because they're going the just, the idea is going to be length over skill. Um, don't disagree with it, but I think that's just what's going to happen. So pause, um, pausing on hate DC week, Bill Hood meets pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dax, I think should be getting some looks. Uh, he he might be a little undersized too for the international game, but this doesn't mean that he shouldn't be getting called in the camp. Uh, question, he should have been getting called in the camp ever since the middle of last year when he started turning things around at the Red Bulls. Uh, I think the biggest thing out of all of this, and people have to remember, is that aside from the January camps, when was the last time Klinsman really had a chance to uh, experiment with the team? Right, because we've been technically been in World Cup qualifying since the end of 2015. And I know Pat's going to laugh me for that. But unfortunately, and I don't agree with it either, but you got to think Klinsman's in. This is, these are games that matters. I'm going to go with the guys that I can trust. Whether that's right or wrong, because I can tell you that I think the team selection is wrong, but I think that's the mentality he's in and why you will see not as many changes as you would if we were at the beginning of the World Cup qualifying cycle this year. I don't disagree with you in that this is not the time to experiment. What I was laughing about was that Klinsman's was still experimenting and woke up qualifying. He's been experimenting for, he's been experimenting every game since they left the World Cup in 2014. Didn't we argue about that uh, earlier this season, right? When we, yeah. we talked about that, right? Yeah. He, he has not called in a consistent lineup in two years. Um, you know, it's, it would be a, like, I'm hoping this Copa America 40 man is proof that he's finally going to like call something in that's reasonable and play something that's reasonable. I mean, will he, I, I don't have the faith that he will, but it'd be nice if, uh, he actually put the best team on the field of people in their actual positions, uh, for this tournament, but we'll see. At this point we might see Miola, Lawless, Twelman might be in there. 
Ronaldo, they might be all back the way, you know, Klinsman sets lineups. I'm sure he's got some, like, third division Croatia player in Croatia that he's ready to call up. Like, <laughs> well, you see, he plays in Europe, he's testing himself, and blah, 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 blah. You know, all that bullshit. If he plays for FC Mushmakan Mudarabadrishan, he has to be good. Yes. Don't understand that it's harder to play in Europe, so therefore, if they play in Europe, they're automatically better than anybody in MLS. <laughs> Truman, you got any thoughts before we move on? Well, just real quick. And how do you not play a guy who's been an amazing form in MLS? That's it. That's it. He's been playing lights out. You know, joke. We we joke every week, but really, the guy's been unbelievable. Yep. How do you not get him in there and, and give him a look in a non World Cup qualifier? And then if he's that good, then you put him in the World Cup qualifier. But you know, that's that's me. He's he's the biggest snub on the Red Bulls. Like, yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, we have one more piece of uh, listener mail. This one comes in to us uh, on our Twitter, at Red Bull Rant, from uh, Juan Mesa. He asks the question, uh, I, hear, I want to hear some thoughts about Sean Wright Phillips' present and future with the New York Red Bulls. Well, uh, we, I, we definitely talked about this on Twitter, and I think it was Friday night after the game. And my thought was that really, I know people are kind of... Um, Frowning on him, but uh, he hasn't played that much, and it, it's hard. It's hard to get in any kind of rhythm when you're not starting, when you're not playing regularly, when you're sitting on the bench all the time. Uh, he's not a player that's going to go play for Red Bull too. That's not going to happen. He's not going to go down, no. you know. Um, so, but he's going to get playing time coming up with CCL with uh, Open Cup. He's going to be in that lineup. They need him now. Whether he stays the end of the season. Who knows? Player movement is so crazy at the end of most MLS seasons. Uh, guys come in and out all the time, so that's a totally different story. But let's see what happens when the schedule, when we're playing like three games in ten days, when you're playing these tournaments, you're going to see the guy more often, and then uh, let's make judgments on him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't We got long, actually. I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. I think he'll see some time in these tournaments, uh, Open Cup, CCL. Um, you know, I certainly think he's capable, but I think, you know, you know, guys like Grella and Sam are just better right now. I mean, yeah, Sam, I could do without, I mean, he's been starting to perform lately, but, um, you know, it, it's just how it is. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. It doesn't, I mean, he certainly has value off the bench. Um, it's just, it would, doesn't necessarily make sense to play a 34 year old, uh, 35, I think year old, 34, 35, I don't know. Uh, your old winner when you got younger guys who are in form. It's, it's really all it is. I mean, I don't think anyone expected when Sean Wright Phillips came to this team to begin with anything really more than a role player. So that's what he is. And when he comes in, it's not bad. You know, it, it's, he's certainly not terrible. Uh, right. And would you, would you rather have, would you rather have a guy like him coming off the bench or a guy who's like that last man on an MLS roster? Well, can we clone Sean Davis? And oh, that's true. Sean Davis's? that's true. You stole my response. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Pat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I this year I think he'll be critical when it comes to, and we, we talked kind of talked about this last week with uh, the acquisition of Colin. How you need the depth, especially when you have all these games coming up, and actually. We'll talk about it a little bit in the set, in the third segment, but the Red Bulls are right now going to be facing three games in ten days, so you're going to see some player player uh, rotation. 
probably see Ray Phillips, Sean Davis, Tyler Adams, uh, Alex Mule, a bunch of them are going to get some uh, major playing time, probably even a start, uh, and, and probably as early as Wednesday, since that's the, the game after uh, DC, which we, and we'll talk more about that in the third segment, but uh, probably after the end of this year, I don't really see much of a future for Ray Phillips, or Sean Ray Phillips, only because he is older than, than Bradley. Uh, we do have uh, kind of a, a glut of midf- young midfield players and some promising players in the USL at the moment. So if any of those look like they have a chance of working out, mm-hmm. if you were the general manager, why wouldn't you take the risk? I mean, you have the proven commodities right now in question, Felipe and Dax. So why not take a risk and make your bench players younger guys that can use the minutes? I mean, why not? Build for the future. So that's so I, that's where I think what we'll see happen at the end of the year. Whether that will actually happen, I don't know, because Bradley, uh, Sean Ray Phillips wasn't even signed until like two weeks before the season started this year. So you'll never know. Uh, so anything else before we move on to the guest segment? No. Nope. No. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have on with us from Black and Red United, Jason Anderson. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome on to the show, uh, once again, from the SB Nation blog, Black and Red United, and the Filibuster podcast, (laughs) evil Jason Anderson. Jason, welcome back to the show. Just, oh, there we go. I kind of lost you there. Yeah. What'd you do? (laughs) Apparently his evilness broke the connection. <laughs> so Not Jason, Jason, welcome back to the show. Um, so, uh, Unimas, yes or no? Uh, in a weird, campy way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best word to describe it. Yeah. What I want to know is magnets. How do they work? <laughs> it's a that's a science thing, but you know I don't want to hear about. Any scientist and what they have to say. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so the Red Bulls' first game against DC United this year coming up. Uh, I have to ask this question just because it popped into my head like ten minutes ago. What is it going to mean for DC if they could pull off a win, considering that they did not beat the Red Bulls last year? Uh, I think at at this point it would be pretty meaningful for them to win a game and then like play well the next week. Um, <laughs> Because what they've done so far is it seems like every other game is good or bad. Um, you know, they, they beat the Revs 3 nothing, and then playing NYCFC, who just give up goals left and right, um, and they got shut out by them, which is just galling. Um, and so now, the, and that follows the pattern. They were bad against TFC, they lost one nothing. They were good against Vancouver, and they killed them 4 nothing. So um, it's been a strange you know, back and forth season. So I, I I don't know that they're necessarily focused on winning over the Red Bulls due to last year, especially with the amount of players that have been in and out this, this season, it's an, an almost entirely new midfield. Um, plus up front, there's uh, a new face. So 
I don't know that they're that worked up about that side of it, and that actually has me a little concerned for a different reason. I'm a little... I'm wondering if they're prepared for the intensity of the game, given that the Red Bulls are almost entirely familiar faces. Everyone there has been in place for the most part. Um, it's only a couple new guys, whereas in DC it's more change. And, you know, I think they're also just trying to put one foot in front of the other right now, so they can't really get too hyped up about any particular rivalry thing. They've just got to focus on playing multiple good soccer games in a row. Here's my problem with your last result, because it left me very confused. Because on one hand, it's like, oh boy, DC lost. And then you're like, oh no, they lost us the Smurfs, and that somehow gives that dumb team confidence. <laughs> I mean, how am I supposed to feel in it? So you, you need to tell me how I'm supposed to feel after seeing that game. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what guidance to give. Um, I can tell you I was very upset, not just because of the loss, but because of how it went down. Um, DC had chances to really open the game up in the first half. They wasted them and then didn't really come out to play for the first 15 minutes of the second half, gave up two stupid goals, and then didn't really create anything. They had a couple free kicks. They hit the post from a direct kick, but that was it. Um, in the run of play, they weren't really able to do anything against a team that is really, really weak defensively. So I guess if, if, I, was, if I were in your shoes, I would be fairly happy about it because it's an indicator that playing DC next is a good sign because they've got problems to work out, and I, I think they do have some problems to work out right now. So it, it's a good time to be showing up at RFK, I would say. I don't think there's ever a good time to show up at RFK. <laughs> that's just me. Let me ask you this, too. Uh, I'm probably still in Jay or Pat's time, but what the fuck is going on in the supporter section? Uh, that's like a whole show. Um, <laughs> the, the short version is that uh, a member of the District Ultras was banned for setting off a smoke bomb in the parking lot. The Ultras were under the impression that the smoke bombs in the parking lot were essentially okay because people have been lighting off real fireworks that are illegal in the district uh, for years in, in Lot 8. Um, it was during a unity march trying to get the supporters groups that were sort of bickering over a couple different things to all get along. Um, the team went out there. I think the team set out to film the unity march because they just wanted to show supporters going in the stadium. And the fact that they were filming it means they had film of the smoke bomb. Um, they banned the Ultras member who had the smoke bomb. The Ultras were unhappy about that. They were unhappy that they were, as a group, banned from... They were told they were banned from, like, basically anything other than just being in their section, and then that changed to they could have drums. Um, so since then, they've been going back and forth with the team, um, having meetings about it, and I think both sides have been... They've kind of drawn their line in the sand, and there's no... There has been no compromise that I've heard about. So the Ultras are continuing to protest. They'll... Uh, the last I heard, they will not be in their section until after halftime. Um, they'll apparently they'll just disperse around the stadium and hang out and then go. And apparently the idea is to pack 90 minutes of singing in 45 minutes for you know after the protest ends. But they're still doing it, and the team is still, I guess, not changing anything. So it's a intractable situation as of now. So for those unfamiliar. Um, <clears throat> I know, I know when you watch DC games, you can see the supporters, and for DC, the supporters are kind of spread out along the sideline. So to kind of give an idea of maybe the size of the group and where they're located, like where is not, I don't want to say pecking order, because I know that's not really the great term in terms of supporters groups, but 
like, what is their, like, size, ratio, whatever, within in terms of general supporters of DC? Just to give the, our listeners an idea. Um, they take up one to two sections, depending on... Um, they, they and La Norte are on... If you're watching on TV, they're the last two sections to the left um, before the empty space that used to be seats, but those seats were broken when the Nationals moved in. Um, so thank you, Washington Nationals, for that. Um, so the Ultras take up that last section, and La Norte is next to them, but La Norte, is it's sort of like there are a few rows of that, and then the Ultras sort of fill in, and there's, they sort of work as a group. There's no real issue between those two at all. They're, it's hard to even tell the difference between them sometimes. Um, so as far as that goes, they're not their numbers aren't big. It's a smaller section at RFK because of the way the, the seats arc. Um, it's near the corner, um, but as far as Tifo in the stadium, they are they are the the top dog. They they are the ones that come up with the biggest displays, the most creative displays. Um, and since they've been protesting, they have not been really doing anything other than taking shots at DC and MLS. So uh, unless something breaks in the next uh, you know 24 hours or less than 24 hours. Um, I would assume that there will be a banner taking a shot at United or at MLS or both, uh, and that'll be it, instead of a larger display like they would normally do. It's funny because we've seen the same thing where the team tells you not to do certain things, but then they have no problem going out and, and filming supporters doing said things. Right. And, and it looks great on YouTube. Yeah, and that's a major part of their issue is that they feel like you know, they're free advertising for the team, and yet they're also being punished for doing some of the stuff that finds itself in those ads. I know MLS's fallback explanation is um, the smoke bombs we show in our ads are at stadiums where that's allowed, um, but it's still a pretty mixed message uh, to send supporters groups when you say, oh, well, these this place they can do it, this place you can't. Um, it still ends up being a pretty complicated... You, you leave yourself with a complicated problem as a, as a league, if that's your your way of setting things up. Um, so I don't know how long this is going to go on uh, because both sides are very dug in on what they want out of the other, and those goals are very far apart. Yeah, it's it's just funny when, I don't know, you see it almost with every team, and I you just kind of hear the same old story from everybody. I mean, we've had our issues in the past. Now, you know, talking to our friends who are Philly Union fans, they have their splintering and protesting and issues and I don't know. It always, it always seems to be the way of you have big supporters groups and then people just want to do their own thing and then they splinter apart and then everyone's getting in trouble. Yeah. I, 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 I think, yeah. Um, they've got, you know, their, their thing is definitely a different dynamic in, in which that um, the other supporters groups here, I don't know how, supportive they actually are of the ultras in this this whole thing in, in I think it breaks down to individual members um, because I think the other groups haven't necessarily taken a stance one way or the other um, the other groups also seem to have an easier time getting along with um, the front office as it is today um, they have their gripes with them too but they are a little less um, I want to say I guess dogmatic I guess is the best way to put it um, whereas the ultras have a vision for what they are, and they don't want to compromise on it at all. Um, and that, and you know that's part of their strength as a group. But it's also in this case causing, uh, you know, it's hard to have a negotiation when both sides have said it has to be this or nothing's going to change. 
Oh, oh, this silliness. I guess I guess we'll move on to the field because we could talk supporter stuff, like you said. We could do an entire mm-hmm. hour on that. And I have a feeling if we if we all got together with other supporters, we'd hear the same stories, the <laughs> same issues over and over. It doesn't matter what team you watch. It's really the same kind of nonsense. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the team and the game, stuff like that. Do you miss Party Boy? Uh, yeah, a little. Um, I'm glad he's been healthy. Um, I knew that as soon as he had a run of, I mean, we're, we're three months into the season, he's barely had three healthy months in the last three years, um, and he's been able to succeed for Philly. I, I don't know if he just needed a change of scenery or um, you know, the training staff here – has been pretty good with every other player. There aren't guys picking up hamstring strains left and right. Um, so for Pontius to go and be healthier elsewhere is is sort of a puzzler. Um, I'm, I definitely feel like I'm going to miss him for this game because he always brought a higher level of play. Whenever, whenever he was healthy to play the Red Bulls, he always really stepped it up. And I don't know who's going to step into those shoes in this game, at least on the offensive end, because United is relying on three new faces to be, you know, on both wings and, and one of the forwards will be a new player. So it'll be interesting to see if any of them have that ability to really get charged up for a rivalry game and, and bring their best um, when it's needed. Uh, but as long as that's up in the air, I think we will miss uh, we, we will miss the party boy and, uh, and his dancing. So uh, speaking of Philly, um, you know, there was recently a poll out to name the epic new rivalry between Philly and D.C. Um, do, you, do you have an, any idea of what you want to name that epic, long-term, hard-fought rivalry between um, you and Philly? I didn't even really look at the poll because the idea itself was, was off-putting to me because there isn't even really... It's a strange pairing between teams because the fans genuinely have gotten along really well. Um, a lot of Union fans, when they didn't have a team, sort of followed DC United. So there's no animosity in the stands whatsoever. There, there have been very fiery games between the teams on the field, um, but it just has become like a running joke between the two fan bases. It's not something that they get mad about, even though I think the red card count since the Union, between Union and United in those games, I think the red card count is probably at 13 or 14 by now, uh, just in this short number of, of years they've been playing against each other. Um, including two different brawls in the Open Cup, etc. So um, I don't really feel like there needs to be a rivalry cup at all, um, especially one that was invented by the teams involved or by the league. I don't know who cooked it up, but um, yeah, I, th- I think if the league or the teams are stepping in and saying, we're having a, a rivalry cup, that's not really how it's supposed to work. Um, we did have, a or the union... Um, uh, the Brotherly game, they had a proposal that it would be named the Shirts Gemmel Cup after two different supporters who passed away. Um, I think if there's going to be a cup, that's much better than the various generic, the Colonial Cup or the um, two-hour drive between D.C. and Philadelphia Cup. I don't know the other. I don't even remember the other options that were in that poll. Well, mine was um, the Rusty Switchblade Trophy. Yeah, the <laughs> <cup>. <laughs> um, yeah I, I just... Uh, I was completely not interested in the idea of a rivalry, a league or team suggested rivalry cup uh, that didn't have its roots in fans saying we should have a thing. Um, and I feel like 
the league and the clubs involved should maybe learn a lesson from the low interest from both sides and just say, like, maybe we should just leave this for the fans and just let them create this on their own rather than try and make something up for them because they clearly don't care. Yeah, it's silly. It's like, well, it's like our Atlantic Cup, right? It's like big right. whoopity do. I mean, I mean who gets excited about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the fans were, there was a rivalry in place, but the league then stepped in and got themselves involved, and all of a sudden it was like, ah, you guys ruined it. <laughs> you, you showed up when you shouldn't have. You should have just left us be, and it would have been fine. And now, you know, now it's kind of a thing. I mean, people sort of care, but they sort of don't. It, did, it does give a handy shorthand to refer to the rivalry, but that's about it. So like, we were saying it's like becoming college football, where apparently every, we need Cascadia Cup, Atlantic Cup, Switchblade Cup. Hey. You know, every everything needs a freaking trophy, big piece of wood to chop, I don't know, just dumb stuff. I'm looking forward to United and the Vancouver Whitecaps naming their rivalry cup in 2025. <laughs> their, their once-a-year meeting that is unremarkable. <laughs> How about Vancouver versus uh, Orlando, the frequent flyer cup? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the road team always gets killed because it's... 3,000-mile trip uh, cup. <laughs> the uh, Columbus-Kansas City, no one watches this game cup. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, t- let's take it back to uh, the game. Uh, it's going to be tomorrow night um, with the Red Bulls traveling to D.C. to take on United in the first game of the year. Um, for Red Bull fans who probably do not watch D.C., because why would we watch D.C.? Uh, <laughs> um, who is a player that you would say Red Bull fans should keep an eye on uh, in this game? Uh, it's definitely going to be Luciano Acosta. Um, now that he's finally getting starts, um, he's uh, United got him on loan from Boca Juniors this year. Um, they have an option to buy. I, I at this point, it looks like they probably should pull the trigger on that uh, at the end of the year. Um, I think they have a second year. They could hold him for a second year on loan. But um, he is a naturally he's a number ten. He's been playing more as a second forward with a lot of freedom for United. Um, because of the setup, uh, United plays a flat 4-4-2. There's no actual number 10 anywhere. Um, really, really quick feet. Um, underrated work ethic as well. Um, he's really feisty. Um, he's, he's only like 5-3, but uh, he usually wins a few balls off of people just by high pressing. Uh, it's like a one-man high press. He'll, uh, uh, he won a couple balls loose against New York uh, City, and then... Um, usually it turns out pretty well because he's, he's deceptively fast. Um, he doesn't look like he's moving that fast and all of a sudden he's right up on you. Um, but he's an excellent dribbler. He's got a good vision for through balls and he's really added, uh, an element that United didn't have at all last year where they can, they don't just have to play out to the wings and then come in from there. They can find Acosta in crowded spaces in the middle and create something even in, even in those spots. So, He's definitely changed the game for United as long as it provided the players around him make the runs, which was one of the problems last week is that he kept looking to slot people through and everyone's just standing there not running. Um, they're waiting for a pass to feet, and he's like, please run in on goal. Uh, go attack Josh Saunders. He's not very good. And they were like, well, why don't you pass it back instead? Um, if that happens, then the Red Bulls are going to walk to a win. But um, if they start making runs for Acosta, they get a lot more dangerous really quickly. We, we were arguing on this show the past couple of weeks how terrible of a player Sasha Kleischen is. He's clearly just useless <laughs> out there. He doesn't really do anything on the field. Uh, how, how does DC try to contain a terrible player like that? You know, I, I've been I've been wondering what Olsen's going to do because he's played 
a couple of times this season and a handful of times last year, he played a 4-1-4-1. Um, and I think that's become United's plan B. And I feel like it might be a good idea for this game um, to pull Acosta back into the midfield and then drop uh, Marcelo Sarvas into the deep role just to occupy that space because... And I think um, uh, you guys put out, um, or uh, Han Wynn put out a tweet uh, with a long gif explaining exactly what Kluschen does really well in space and about how if teams give him space, they're going to suffer for it. And United's for- formation leaves that space. It becomes very difficult for the team to, to occupy those spaces, and the Red Bulls are sort of set up to occupy uh, between the lines with Kluschen. So um, it would be a pretty... It would be a departure for United, but it would be a pretty good idea for them to have someone stationed between the midfield and the center backs to make question play somewhere else. So at least it's not so easy for him to find the space that he needs to thrive. Um, because otherwise you're leaving a 4-4-2 that doesn't have anyone naturally in that space. So you've got to have guys switching off on who's tracking question all the time. And that becomes a big problem, um, especially since Bobby Boswell has been pretty inconsistent this season, and he's been, usually in the past, he's been pretty good about stepping into the midfield um, in moments just to sort of defend a situation and then drop back again. Um, He's been hit or miss this year, so I I would be a little concerned about him being able to help in that regard, so it wouldn't surprise me if United changed formation specifically because Question has been such a threat in the run of play. Um, I don't know how many assists he has right now, but it's plenty. He's been zero. 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 They, they didn't even credit him. Cause they yeah. gave him all to Sean Davis. He's the one that deserves to be on the field. Yeah. Uh, so, this Friday night, uh, Red Bulls, DC, RFK, what's your prediction? Um, I we, we I was asked this question for our own prediction uh, thing, and I had just come home from a concert and driven through like this downpour. It was like almost 3 in the morning. I was losing my mind. And my prediction at the time was 3-2 DC in a game that defies all explanation. Um <laughs> I, I kind of want to say that I expect DC to bounce back um, because they've been on this bizarre pattern for months now where it's been good good at home, bad at home, good at home, bad at home, and we are coming off of a very, very poor performance against uh, NYCFC. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this DC team, though. Like they, they are capable of winning this game. They are also capable of getting smoked at home. Um, FC Dallas pretty much showed the blueprint of how to do that. Um, unfortunately for Red Bulls fans, it was kind of a, it was a pure counterattacking style of play. It wasn't high pressing. Um, and I don't know that Marsh is going to change the entire way that the Red Bulls like to approach soccer just for one game. Um, I think he's more likely to say, you know what, we're st- you guys are building some confidence right now, building some better results after struggling at first. I don't think he's going to want to make that shift. Um, but I think that actually sort of helps United. Um, so I guess I'm going to stick with my delirious prediction, um, just on the <laughs> fact that I, I'm not sur- I'm so unsure of what United is going to show up. Uh, it really is a Jekyll and Hyde team right now. So um, it could be a United win. It could be the Red Bulls winning with ease. Um, it could be anything in between. Uh, the only thing I will say, I don't expect like a boring 0-0 draw. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, let, let me ask one uh, final question before we get out of here. Uh, let's just say you're at the gathering of the Juggalos, <laughs> okay. and you're going to enter the Fago launching contest, all right? 
Okay. I, I have, there's a couple techniques apparently they have here on their website, which I'm totally not looking at. Uh, <laughs> but if you were going to use any technique to launch a bottle of Fago off the stage, will you, would you use the triple tap stage bounce, the middle finger rocket launch, the suppository <laughs> release, or the Hail Mary throw? What, what would you do? Um, out of those three, I think the one that sounds the safest for my own like my own body, it seems like the Hail Mary throw is probably the safest. The triple tap, I don't know the physics of that. Um, I don't know if, that, if things come flying back and hit you in the face. Um, the suppository one, I think, is clearly not the right choice. Uh, so I think I think for my own safety, even though it might not win the competition, maybe I'm just I'm just participating. I'm not necessarily trying to win on my first attempt. I'm just going to go with the the Hail Mary toss and hope that uh, my uh, I, I have no experience, no experience whatsoever in sports where throwing is a thing, so it probably would not <laughs> go well. But um, I can sort of throw, so I guess I'd go with that and hope that the Juggalos didn't immediately start throwing their own bottles of Fago back at me, which I know is a thing that they like to do. So you're just hoping to place at that point. You just want to place. You don't need to wait. You just got to place. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to embarrass myself so that I don't get assaulted by a crew of angry Juggalos. And I guess we'll never know how magnets work either, unfortunately. No, it's impossible to say. Rest in peace, ass Dan. <laughs> oh man, Some people don't know what the fuck's going on. No, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> so uh, before we let you go, Jason, where can people uh, find you online? Um, my Twitter account is at chestrockwell14 uh, because my name is way too common. Um, <laughs> even though apparently I chose a name that 13 other people had chosen. Um, uh, Filibuster, our podcast, is FilibusterDCU on Twitter, um, and I write a ton of words on blackandredunited.com. Our, our Twitter handle is blackandredu. Um, I, don't, I think we were over the character limit. I, I don't actually know. I didn't create that Twitter handle. Um, but, yeah, those are the three uh, where you can find me saying stuff. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's smart. Sometimes it's real dumb. We prefer dumb. That's how we do things. <laughs> that's how we roll. All right, and that's my handle, the the personal <laughs> handle. That's where the dumb stuff is. So over under on uh, your num- number of tweets about the Juggalo gathering? Uh, I did get one response almost immediately about that, but it was, it was cautious. It was like, should I even like get in on this? And I don't know what to say uh, because it's the Juggalos. So. Um, Maybe maybe a couple. Uh, over the next year, I'm going to say it probably comes up five to ten times uh, at random late at night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With that, uh, Jason, thank you for taking the time. Uh, come on, just talk to us today. Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Once again, I want to thank uh, Evil Jason Anderson for coming on the show. You can read his stuff at Black and Red United and the Filibuster Podcast. So let's get right into it because we have two games to preview this week. Uh, first, Friday night, uh, May 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the dreaded Unimas. Red Bull. Red Bull. For the first time in 20, 30, or sorry, 20, 
2016, I was about to say 2013 for some reason. Uh, 2016 is taking on DC United. So we'll get right into it real quick. Pat, what is your prediction for Saturday, or for Friday? Uh, you know, it's I'm starting to believe in the Red Bulls, uh, but I do still also believe that you know RFK is a tough place to win. Um, you know, I, I don't think they'll embarrass us Red Bull faithful, um, but I also don't think they're going to lose. So therefore, I am going to go with a nice little crisp one-one draw for the Red Bulls on Unimas against DC United. Uh, and it's another one of those things where I hope I'm wrong, but like the good kind of wrong, not the bad kind of wrong. You know, it's funny at the end of the first segment, Jay didn't mention, uh, who got the predictions right. That would oh, only be this right. guy. So let me, real quick, real quick. Only Truman got it right and not even the score, just the draw. That's all right. That's still a point up on you guys. I'm still I'm climbing back. Uh, does Jay, do, do we even know if you're a point up? I feel like Jay hasn't been paying attention for like two weeks. Cause so I, I, I went back. Real job. Keeps getting in the way. <laughs> so I went back and I listened to the episode I wasn't on, or at least the part where the scores were, were said. So here's the up-to-date standings. Nothing really changed except because of last week. Seven, six, four, Pat, me, Truman. Three. I'm closing in. And I'm going to close in more this week when I get the score right. Two nothing Red Bulls. They're, they're coming back. No, you know what? I'm changing it. Three nothing Red Bulls, because we gotta be one better than the Smurfs. <laughs> one better. I'm going way out on a ledge here. Three nothing in a place they haven't lost in uh actually a while. So uh they haven't lost the DC in what the past five or six games, something like that. They the last, five, five. The, last the last ninety minute loss was in the second leg of the playoffs, playoffs. in twenty fourteen. Right, so there you go. So they uh five, six, seven, so they're uh six out of seven, right? In the last seven games they have six five. wins. Five he uh four, oh and one. Okay. In the last five. Right. Well, yeah, and they they won uh, the game before that. So they're playing really good. Uh, RFK is not a scary place. Uh, hey, hopefully they score all three in the first 45 minutes when their fans clearly aren't going to show up, as Evil Jason said. Uh, their, some of their supporters won't be there. So take advantage of it, Red Bulls. You're feeling good. Sasha's on fire. You know, Sean Davis is going to cheer on from the bench. It's going to be great. Uh, Sean Wright Phillips is going to score again, so he can prove that he doesn't only score against Orlando. 3 nothing in semi-hostile RFK is falling down stadium. So I said that in the last five games, which which were all last year, the Red Bulls won four, lost none, and drew one. So I'm predicting not only a win, I'm going to say it's 4-1 in honor of those four wins and one draw. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was crazy. <laughs> They're all crazy. Wait, hold on. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up you a little bit here. For one game only, Juan Agudelo is going to come back to the Red Bulls and score another <laughs> beautiful pop-up, turnaround, whatever you call that move that he did against uh, DC a few years ago. For the hey, fir- that the first game I ever went to at RFK, by the way. Hey, after after uh, after Ty Kamara goes to New England, I wouldn't put that uh, wouldn't put that past you. Juan Agudelo makes a return or at least goes somewhere else. Right, that's what I was going to say. He's he's going to he might need a new job. Yeah. And we'll talk about we're gonna be talking about that in a little bit. Um but yeah, I, I think with a little bit of confidence now with the three game unbeaten streak, um as Evil Jason said, uh D C does not do well after playing well. So I think the and then of course the the, the first, you know, rivalry game of the year, which the players have said they actually hate D C more than uh, New York City F C so you know 
MLS can take that narrative and shove it up its ass. Um, and then I, it's going to be kind of bad with in terms of traveling fans because it's a Friday night. So I know not as many are going to go. I'm sure the Red Bull fans are still going to have a good contingent going, but Friday is tough for everybody. But I still think that um, it's kind of like a, a hate to say a perfect storm for the Red Bulls because it feels like it might be a trap game if I say it that way. But I think th- I think everything's pointing in the favor of the Red Bulls, and uh, if if they get one early, I think it's just going to be like an avalanche like you saw against FC Dallas, where DC tries to get back into it and just can't do it, and then in turn just gives up even more goals to the Red Bulls. So that's what I'm going with 4-1. Wow. Uh, second game we have to preview, and I'm going to put an asterisk here that predictions are subject to change yep. since, it's, since this will be uh, you know two games before our next show. Uh, the second game coming up for the Red Bulls is uh, on Wednesday, May 18th, against Chicago Fire at home. Uh, that game we broadcast locally on MSG. Apparently MSG proper, not even like MSG Plus or MSG 2 or whatever. Finally! So, uh, Truman, you can go first for this one. What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? I'm liking a good old kind of tired 1-1 draw here. I think this is where you might see a, a, a Sean Ray Phillips show up. Uh, might give guys a couple... You know, breaks. They're playing Chicago, who you know they're Chicago and they stink. But and I know they're not good on the road. Blah 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 blah. But I can smell just a tiny, the tiniest of letdowns in this game. No one likes playing on Wednesdays. No one likes going on Wednesdays, and no one likes watching on Wednesdays. So one one sounds perfect. Uh, I am not gonna say draw. This one I actually think is gonna be a win. I mean, you know, Chicago's bottom feeders once again. And I know they've always played the Rebels tough, but, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Or, uh, you know, so, especially at Rebel Arena. Uh, I know it's everything he just said is valid that, you know, it's not going to be uh, a crazy um, atmosphere at Rebel Arena. But um, yeah, I definitely think the Rebels are going to take this one. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2 nothing win, uh, Rebels and... It should be a good one. Uh, I'm also going with a win for the Red Bulls on uh, against Chicago. I'm going a little more conservative with two one. Um, I, I can't I can't imagine that you know the, the kind of like midweek you know that they're just going to shut out Chicago because there's, there's going to be some tired legs on the field even if you'll see a lot of of uh, player rotation for that game. Um, so we'll see, but I, I have a feeling that they'll still win. Just won't be as impressive as the win will be against DC United. All right, so let's move on to the dumping grounds. I know we have a lot to talk about. Tons. So first thing we have to talk about, Carl Wormet. So for those of you who... Hey, hey, Jay, Jay, do you get the title of the show now? Oh, God damn it. Yeah! <laughs> Booyah! Oh, I did not realize that. All right, so... I think I can. You, I think we all know what happened. I don't think there's a listener that listens to our show that doesn't know what happened to Carl. We met. Yeah. All right. So same. We all know. Everybody knows what happened. So the fallout from that, in case you don't know the fallout anyway. There you go. Uh, Romero Romero Parks, the assailant, I guess is a good way of putting it, uh, has one been fired or released by the Pittsburgh Riverhounds of the USL. Uh, he has been given a year-long suspension from the USL, which, as far as we can tell in terms of the, the SP Nation blocks, because we kind of talked about it a little bit, um, 
seems that he could play in another league this year. Not so. The current FIFA regulations is that a suspension handed down by a league is not automatically um, observed. Or th- these are the current regulations because back when Rafa Marquez left the Red Bulls with a two-game suspension, that suspension traveled with him. Now the rule is a suspension handed down by a nation's association is automatically carried over. An association uh, suspension handed down by a league does not unless FIFA uh, applies it worldwide. So basically. USL and or United States Soccer would need to apply to FIFA to make that year-long suspension take effect anywhere else in the world, uh, which is kind of stupid for a player who kicks another player in the back like that. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, Carl Wormet apparently did not have anything broken. He seems to be okay. Um, went for an MRI, I think, during the week, but I don't think anything turned up. So that's good news. However, he will be suspended for three USL games because the lead-up to the kick was that Wimet and Parks were apparently exchanging blows and, quote, closed fist uh, punching uh, before... All that stuff was captured off-camera, by the way, so you would not be able to see it in the uh, the stuff that's come out. Uh, and how that works, for those that are wondering, since he is technically on a day-to-day loan, <laughs> apparently two games will be automatically applied regardless of if he's actually selected or not. Uh, I have no idea about the third, but we'll worry about that whenever it happens, I guess. Um, thoughts. I, I, do we even need to talk about this? Like, I just feel like oh, thoughts. Like the guy's a total chump. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want to do fisty cuffs with a guy? Do fisty cuffs with a guy. That's one thing. Yeah. You kick a guy in his spine, scumbag. Oh yeah. yeah. That that's a scum move. And I know he went on Twitter and apologized, but dude. But not really apologize. Right. You did that way after the fact, apologizing to the league and the team and the blah 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 blah. And you didn't even apologize to we met on Twitter. Right. Well no, but he, he talked to him. Yeah. Right, sure. Dude, yeah, you kicked the guy in his spine. Yeah, well he wasn't looking. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing you can say about it now. I mean the the, the punishment fits the crime. Um, you know, it's it was total bullshit, but I mean that's really all you can say about it at this point. Um, it's done. Unfortunately, we you know it happened. The good news is we met appears to be fine for the most part, just sore. Um, and yeah, it's just it's good that this guy uh, lost his job over it because um, there's really no place for that in sports. Period. No, well deserved. Well deserved. Yep. And you know what? Maybe after a couple of years, he'll get his act together. And uh, maybe prove himself to be a better human being than what he showed in that game. Yep. And and on top of all that, he probably ruined his chance to play international football ever again. Yeah. He he was actually on the radar for Jamaica, and I bet you he is no longer in anywhere near forty man roster for at least like a year or so. Because because if I'm Jamaica's coach, why do I trust him? Right. Yeah. Um. So two two other things I have, and then we'll get to whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, Kai Kamara. At the at the MLS trade deadline, has been moved from Columbus to New England after basically calling out Federico Higuain and uh, their captain. I can't remember who Columbus's captain was. Top of my head, um, Brian McBride. Yeah, for not letting him take a penalty kick that would have gave him a hat trick, and and in doing so, called Federico Higuain selfish. But he was traded to New England for basically a shit ton of allocation money and draft picks and all this other stuff. And in my opinion, Columbus got the better of the deal because they got rid of a locker room cancer and got a shit ton of stuff to rebuild their team in the future. Meanwhile, New England's in old 
doesn't matter what we do because we don't really care mode. Um, but what do you guys think about the move for Kai Kamara? Well, they, they didn't mind having Jermaine Jones on their team for a while, so I guess they won't mind having him on their team either. I guarantee he scores against the Red Bulls the next time they play each other. Just lock that one up. Just lock it up. Because that's what happens to New England acquisitions. Uh, I, I mean, it's, the whole thing is interesting. Um, you know, you can certainly see why he would want to take the penalty kick. I mean, Matt Doyle had a very interesting article about how Kai Kamara is actually a better penalty kick taker than Federico Iguain. So, I mean, his big real faux pas was going to the media afterwards. Um, you know, locker room cancer. Hey, he scored as many goals as Giovinco last year, you know. Um, the, the, the crux of uh, Matt Doyle's article is essentially that these guys, these goal scorers are head cases. They all are. You know, they want the ball all the time. And, you know, so I actually would say that New England got the better of the deal. Um, the the only issue being that they don't really uh, cross as much as Columbus did, and that's where Kai Kamara kind of excelled on those crosses. So, um, but I think yeah, they they, they now have a proven goal scorer, um, you know, better than both Davies and Agadello, and uh, Columbus. Who's, I mean, it's back to just Iguain. So um, you know, they they're going from you would almost argue they'd go from the team they were last year, which was near top of the East, to now drop a few, which, I mean, it's kind of where they're at anyway at the moment. Um, so, yeah, um, it's kind of now I guess the, the big issue is we'll see where uh, we'll see where Juan Agadello and or Charlie Davis goes because uh, I imagine neither one of them are too happy with this deal right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So here's a question. If Juan Agadello is up on the trading block, would you guys pick him up? No, depends on the price. Where's he gonna Where's he gonna play? Yeah, I mean that, that's that's pretty much one of the bigger issues. But overall, it depends on the price. And they can get him for nothing. Why not? Another another piece to the puzzle. Got to sit with Sean Davis, I guess. Yeah, I mean Sean Davis, two stars, and and a Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we got Agadillo on the bench, and all you boners who like care about the Open Cup. Now you have two starters on the bench. You can play the damn Open Cup. Um. All right. So last thing I have. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, I think forward, I can't remember. Uh, Masato Kudo, um, if you guys didn't see, I think it was last night on Wednesday night, right? That uh, it was a very scary moment where they were playing Chicago, I think. And uh, I can't remember who the keeper is. I, I want to say it was Sean Johnson. I, I think he's injured at the moment. But basically, Kudo's running on the ball. The keeper for Chicago comes out, and they collide. And at first, it doesn't look like it's bad. But then, every, you know, all the players start waving their hands, and both teams are doing it, so you know it's it's serious. And then the camera, what, like one of the goal line cameras, looks at him, and it's just <laughs> as the players turn him over, he has blood coming out of his mouth, and it just looks so so scary. It's something you don't you never want to see on a soccer field. Uh, thankfully, the, I think it's a little maybe a concussion and a broken jaw, which is like which doesn't sound great. But it's better than what it could have been, given what you what everybody saw on uh, TV. Um, I, I don't know what we're gonna you guys want to say about it, but I just wanted to bring it up and just you know, kind of, kind of a scary situation that thankfully seems to have not been as serious as it could have been. It's a little bit of like an Enzo Amore scare there. Yeah, yeah a little bit. You think the worst, but uh, you know, luckily it didn't turn out to be too terrible. 
I didn't see it, so I really can't. Uh, I, I only saw it a few hours ago, and it was just like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I can't weigh in on it. Yeah, if, if you... If you have not seen it and you are a little squeamish, do not go watch it. That's all I can tell you. Mm. Don't look it up. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Yes! Uh, speaking of Red Bull 2, uh, I guess we're just learning now they're going to play next season of Montclair. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's cool. Uh, oh, God, parking there is such a pain in the butt. <laughs> oh, God, it, it, it's killer. Uh, but that'll be fun. Actually, that's a fun field. Uh, you're right up. On the players, pretty much. There's only, I think, if it's the same, depending on what field they play on, uh, the one field, there's only, like, bleachers on the one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine it's, like, about, f- I don't know. I don't, listen, when I went and saw uh, the reserve team, they didn't play on the football field. They played yeah. on the soccer field, which is behind it. Yeah, but, see, I would think they would have to use the football field because of USL standards. They're, they're, right? they're using the soccer field, for, but from my understanding, it's going through a renovation. Okay. Yeah, they're upgrading it. But still, I mean, that's cool. That's that's nice. I, when we went to the one game at the uh, facility, we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of like integrate yourself into the local area, kind of expand expand the brand. You know, get out there, draw people in, and maybe Montclair do that. Like, yeah, you might not get uh, city people, but like, put the word out to Montclair. It's like, look, this team's going to be here. This is going to be their home. Come check them out. Oh, you like these guys? Well, our other team plays in Harrison. Go check them out. So. Absolutely. I think it's a good move. Hey, and if you can get some college crowds out there, that'll be fun. That's some rowdy college kids, fantastic. Oh, rowdy college kids would be fantastic, right? Yeah, why not? And there, there is there is public transit that gets you to Montclair, so it's not like you can't get there on your own. Which would be better. Which is honestly better than the training facility because the training facility is kind of in the middle of nowhere, so you needed to have a car right. to get there. At least, oh yeah, for sure. At least in Montclair, you can get there. By I, th- I think it's mostly bus, but I think you can get there through. There's a there's a uh, train line that runs right into Montclair. I think there's like a, yeah. a stop in Montclair, right? Yeah, yeah but it, it, a, I think it's on the the opposite side of campus, something like that. But yeah, the, I, it's on the campus. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the campus. Okay. If you but, can't but there's, walk there's, and... there's basically there's a bunch of options for you to get yeah, to get Montclair. Get on a treadmill. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's good that they'll finally get a stadium situation sorted out. I know. Columbia was a mess. They played one game there, and then apparently, I guess, a new administration came in and just basically pulled the carpet out from under the team. Right. And right. Would, Columbia would have been such a great footnote, uh, foothold in New York for for the USL side, but what can you do? Um, so anything else with Duffing Ground? Yeah, I got a couple more things. Uh, Open Cup, the uh, under-23 team lost. Yep. That was yesterday too, right? Two one they lost. Yeah, yeah that, that was their first first game together as a, for the year. So I mean, right? Yeah, they hadn't even played well. yet. So that, that's that's no biggie, no biggie, you know. Uh, and then, of course, our very very good friend Jen, who listens to our show every week and is in the uh, uh, Sky Blues uh, Cloud Nine Supporters Club. I think she's pretty much in charge of it. She wanted us just to mention a couple Sky Blue things, which I. Do not mind doing whatsoever. Is that unfortunately they lost last week uh, to the Flash two one, but they're home tomorrow night, which of course is terrible timing because the Red Bulls are playing tomorrow. Come on, I, I'm blaming Rutgers on this again for these bad schedules. These teams playing at the same time. I think probably what they'll probably both be right at seven o'clock. So again, just ridiculous timing. But if you're in New Jersey and you want to actually be at a game, you can always DVR the Red Bulls game. If you get Unimas, 
that is. Yeah, Sky Blue is 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, so there you go. Uh, but they'll be home playing at Rutgers, uh, playing Boston, so go check that out and go hang out with our Cloud9 uh, crew. Can you watch Sky Blue games anywhere, or is it, do you YouTube. have to go to the game? Uh, YouTube, I believe. Okay. Yeah, all the NWSL games are on YouTube, I think. They, they should all be free on YouTube. Pretty sure they are. Cool. Uh, is that it? That is all my dumping ground stuff. Right. I feel like I might have had something like important like a week ago or a couple days ago, but I forgot it. So I'm just going to leave with this. I hate Dan Lebitard. <laughs> Can we get him off New York Sports Talk Radio, please? Why is why is he on New York Sports Talk Radio? He's got a ne- somehow that ass clown has a national show. I have no fucking clue how that guy is nationally famous when it's just all bullshit and race baiting. That's all his show is. It's just, I mean, we joke around on this show, but then we actually add in actual analysis. Him, I turn on the show, and it's just like, and it's like, like, I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, I suppose, whatever, the fan is happy with my ratings during the 10 to 12 hour. But I hate Dan Levitar. Can someone make him go away? Let me get ISIS on him. That'd be great. <laughs> you want to put a hit out on him? So you yeah. need to do a hit? Just on his vocal cords? Just chop his vocal cords a little bit? Take That'd be fine. Just throw Jason Statham throat punch. It'd be fantastic. He's terrible. Honestly, I'm glad I don't listen to much sports radio anymore. My, my life has become a little, lot more stress-free when I just listen to pod, podcasts that, you know, interest me and music. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, music in New York... There is no music station. Well, that's that's what see. I don't listen to radio. I listen to like Google. I use Google Play Music. I just you know make my own playlist and download that shit locally, and that's it. I'm no, good. I mean, I, I go to Spotify, especially for the longer rides. But you know, it's it's yeah, it's just. I mean, New York's. Don't get me wrong. ESPN Radio, in my opinion, has good shows in the K Show and Hot and Humpty. It's just that Levitard two hour period where it's just like <laughs> I want to claw my like brain out. Like it's. You know, someday I'm just going to crash. I'm just going to be like, that's it. Goodbye, cruel world. I have to keep listening to that guy. Ugh. Terrible. All right. So if that's it, it that's it. Okay. Uh, Truman. Yes. Terrible team of the week. Oh, well, I have two. And I want you guys to choose your more terrible team. Uh, of course, numero uno. Uh, we already talked to with the evil Jason. Losing at home to the Smurfs 2 nothing. Can I, can I guess the second one? Despicable. Dis- despicable. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious, yes. Also despicable. Jay, go ahead, take take the guess. Columbus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The crew. How can you not? Up three goals in the second half, and you blow it? Oh, yeah. Whew. Ouch. It was, all, it was all that penalty kick. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that, was that, that put the kibosh on them winning a game they yeah. had in hand. That is a brutal, brutal way. Uh, so I don't know. I guess Pat, you have to make the decision on uh, who was worse last week. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Columbus Crew. It's just completely a disa- complete disaster right now. <laughs> crew, <laughs> boo the crew, boo the crew. The game that got a man traded, <laughs> and he just signed a new contract this year. The second best goal scorer in the league last year, and you just traded him. Yep. Sign him to a like a, a million dollar contract and then uh, trade him away within the first three months. All right, so that's it. We're good. We are great. 
All right, let's wrap this one up. You can visit us at oncemetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. You can help us by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant and throwing a few bucks our way. Uh, you can email us like Jeremiah from Brooklyn did at redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call us, leave a voicemail, 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash redbullrant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show, at Dr. Stooge for myself, at PMACDA2 for Pat, at The Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Any last words before we get out of here? Uh, two things. Damn you, Nimas. I'll never have to see you after tomorrow. <laughs> and win. Uh, yeah, let's win, baby. And somebody figure out how magnets work. So that's three things. <laughs> but, you can't, you can't, but you can't talk to scientists. No, you can't. No, they don't nope. know. <laughs> yeah. I want an uh, unscientific so for, uh, study on how magnets work. All right. So for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 183 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.